Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Savior Jesus, who gave his life for us. Dear Christian friends, tonight we're talking about being cursed. And not the four-letter kind, more the Harry Potter kind, but something that's actually far, far worse. I think you probably all know what it means to be under a curse, right? Let me give you a couple of examples of of kind of modern day ideas, at least, of curses. If you are a video game player or an NFL football follower, you've probably heard about this video game called Madden. And for many years, John Madden was the face, the cover of the, the game, until the year 2000. And after the year 2000, they came up with this idea that we're going to put one of the best players from the season before on this year's cover. But you know what's ironically happened? In the 19 years that that's happened, that player, with very, very few exceptions, has had either the worst year of their career, been badly injured, or even never played football again. To give you an example, let me show you the cover of the newest edition that's coming out now. It's Madden 19, and it features Antonio Brown. Now, even if you're not a Steelers fan, you probably know two years ago, Antonio Brown was probably one of the top three players in the league. But last year, boy, he had a bad year, and not just on the field. He he quit on his team. He ended up being traded away. Thus, the Madden curse. But even if you're not a a video gamer or an NFL football follower, well, you probably know about curses because I'm I'm almost certain you've seen a Disney movie in your life. Because Disney likes to make use of the idea of being under a curse. I mean, think of all of the different movies, right? Pirates of the Caribbean, the original one, the best one. The Curse of the Black Pearl. The ship is under a curse, right? Or the Little Mermaid. Ariel trades her voice. She makes a deal with Ursula, right? And ends up being under a curse. Or Merida in the movie Brave. She makes a deal with this sketchy lady in an old shop because she's really mad at her mom. And her mom ends up being under a curse and turns into a bear. Or classically, Sleeping Beauty, right? Who's under a curse that can only be lifted by true love's kiss? Or the beast, who's really a handsome prince, but he's put under a curse because he is so mean and unkind. No matter, though, what kind of curse it is, no matter who is being cursed, there's there's one truth that we, can, that we can see rolling through all of these examples, and that's our first takeaway this, this evening. It's that being under a curse is very bad. And it brings horrible results. No one wants to be under a curse. But it really shouldn't surprise us that Disney makes use of that concept of being under a curse. And the reason it shouldn't surprise us is because it's one that every single person on some level understands. They understand it because 
they're under a curse. You, me, every single other person that is born into this world is born cursed. Which is a, a terrifying thought and one that, that maybe we're going, wait a minute, is, is that really true? Take a look at our first verse from our, our Bible reading this evening from Galatians chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. The Bible says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So when God says the book of the law, you know what he's talking about, right? He summarized it as the Ten Commandments, or we often summarize it as the Ten Commandments. Jesus actually summarized it with two. He said, just simply love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor, not just the person who lives next door to you, but, but all other people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. That's, that's an easy summary, right, of, of the law, of God's laws, of God's desires for our lives. Because if we love God that completely... Well, we aren't going to be really tempted to love money or comfort or pleasure or anything more than him. If we love God that much, well, we're not going to use his name to curse or to swear an oath, but instead we're going to use his name to praise him and to thank him. If we love God that much, we aren't going to be looking for excuses to be busy on Sunday morning, we're looking for excuses to gather with other Christians around his word. We're going to be looking for, for opportunities to be in God's word. If we love other people, our neighbors, that much, well, it's really not that hard to honor those in authority, whether it's a, a parent or a, a boss or a teacher or a, a governor or a president. If we love our neighbor that much, it, it's to, to want to do them physical harm is, is really a foreign concept, right? We're, instead, we're going to be looking to, to protect their life, to defend them. If we love our neighbor that much, we wouldn't dare let lustful thoughts linger in our minds, much less cross them. And whether it's the, the person we know at the gym or the person we don't on the screen, if we love our neighbor that much, we wouldn't think about taking something that belongs to them, about trying to make something that is theirs our own. Instead, we'd, we'd want to help them protect their things, help them improve what they have. If we love our neighbor that much, we wouldn't, we would never say anything that would hurt their reputation, whether it's true or not. But instead, we'd, we'd stand up for them. We'd defend them. We'd, we'd go to bat for them. If we love our neighbor that much, we wouldn't covet, we wouldn't envy their life or their stuff so much that we would want it to be our own. Those are God's laws. Just love God and love your neighbor like that. It's really easy, isn't it? 
Actually, it isn't at all. And, and we recognize really simply, boy, when you go through that list, yikes. I don't do that. And I, I certainly don't, don't do it perfectly. Maybe there are times, though, that I, I, I do it okay, right? There was that time that I, I stood up for that person. There was that time that I was, I was excited. I'm, hey, we made the effort. Today was busy. It was a long day at work, and we're still here, Pastor. And good for you. I'm glad you are. But here's the really harsh reality. Notice God doesn't say just love perfectly once. He says, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. And that's a problem. Because that means we're under a curse. That means you and me and Every other person walking this planet at this moment is under a curse. But there's a big difference between the curses that we're used to in a Disney movie and this curse. And here's what it is. It's our second takeaway this evening. That in a Disney movie, the character is cursed by someone who is evil, right? It's usually some kind of supernatural thing. But in life... Well, I curse myself. I put myself under a curse because I'm the one that's evil. And the results of that curse, well, they're a whole lot worse than being turned into a, a hideous beast or being put into a, a deep sleep. No, it's, it's a lot worse than that. Take a look at verses 11 and 12 in our text. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. So when we rely on our own efforts, you see what he's saying, right? You see what God says here in the Bible? I mean, he starts it off with clearly, it's, it's fairly obvious, but just to make sure nobody misses it, clearly, no one who relies on what they do, on how they obey God's law, is justified before God. That means that we can't save ourselves. We can't lift the curse. We can't fix our problem. We can't buy our way into heaven. We can't earn our way into God's favor. And that's a problem. And it's our third takeaway then, that there's nothing that I can do to lift the curse. And I'm doomed for eternity because of it. But there's hope. And that hope is the reason we call this Friday good. See, it's because Jesus died. Jesus died to rescue us, to save us. Look at how the, the Bible describes it in the last verse of our text. Thank you. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. See, here's another difference between 
reality in Disney. In Disney, there'd be some way to magically lift the curse, right? Everybody would just go home happy. But that's not reality. That's not what happens here. Jesus didn't cast some magic spell that lifted the curse. Because, well, being under a curse, because breaking God's law requires that there's a payment made for that. God demands perfect justice, and so he couldn't just say, oh, I'll lift that curse and we'll pretend like nothing happened. He can't do that any more than he is a perfect and holy God. No, to lift the curse, Jesus didn't just take the curse. Notice what the Bible says. He became a curse. So on that cross, on that Friday, when God the Father looked at God the Son, you, saw, you know what he saw? He didn't see the Son that he had pronounced time and time again, this is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. He saw someone who's cursed. Someone who's cursed by us. Someone who's cursed with our failures. Someone who's cursed with our weakness. Someone who's cursed with our sins. When he looked at Jesus, he saw all of, all of our sin on him. And he was cursed in the eyes of his own father. Jesus then paid the price of the curse. He paid the price for sin, the wrath of God. He suffered hell itself because that's the, that's the price of the curse. On that cross, Jesus suffered hell so that you and I won't. See, there's a reason that these verses talk about faith. They talk about faith in comparison or in contrast to, really, to works and to the law, right? Right? And that when through the, through the law, through our own efforts, we can't do it. We're, it leaves us under a curse. We're hopeless. We're helpless. But, but by faith, by faith that trusts in Jesus, that's where we have hope. And that's our last takeaway this evening. That faith trusts. Jesus died on the cross to free me from the curse of sin and to give me forgiveness and life. See, faith trusts that Jesus did what I can't. He fought the battle I can't win. He paid for my own sins with his life. Faith trusts that I am forgiven, not because of what I've done, but because of, of Jesus who took my curse on himself. Faith trusts that his death gives me, gives you life. Faith trusts that I'm no longer cursed, but now God sees me as, as precious, as holy, as perfect because of Jesus. Faith trusts that because of that cross on that Friday, Jesus rescued me from the curse 
because he became the curse for me. See, because, Je- because of Jesus, you and I were free. We're free from the curse that we're born with. We're free from the curse that would doom us forever. We're free. And because of Jesus, God considered us, considers us righteous and holy. And because of Jesus, we have a place in heaven. Because of Jesus, we have peace with God. And it's all because of that Friday that we call good. Amen.